Welcome to Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack, also from Worldview Academy in studio with me. And Bill, you know, we like to say that the Word of God applies to every area of life. And another way I like to put it is that we should bring everything to the feet of King Jesus. Nothing held back. We submit everything, all parts of life, to the obedience of the King of Kings and Lord of Lords. And that's what a consistent worldview does. A comprehensive worldview takes into account all that's going around and filters it through the Word of God instead of being compartmentalized. We, we as Francis Schaeffer used to say, we see the world in bits and pieces. And that's because as Christians, we have been trained to compartmentalize our lives. What we do over here is one thing, and then we come to church. We do this at business, in our families, in our entertainment, in our business, in our expenses. But when it comes to church, that's a different silo. It's We're in a silo culture. Well, it's the idea ways, that Jesus, Jesus is king over my life for the next 10 minutes. But when I go into the voting booth or when I go to my work— I'm going to be operating outside of the kingship of the Lord Jesus Christ, and I'm not going to refer to him as Lord. And if he tells me to do something a certain way in the workplace or in politics, I'm going to say these words, no, Lord. Well, now, it's now, not, those are, it's those not two, even that you say no, Lord. It's just you don't hear the voice because your ear is not trained to hear his voice in those arenas. We have... We have become so numb like to the mind blocks, of the, like yeah. mind blocks. Yes. Yeah. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yep. Well, we believe that the word of God applies certainly in the area of economics. And let me, uh, let me just go back to what's happening. And I do believe friends, we're heading towards disaster. Why? Because for the same reason that you jump off of an 80 story building and right around the 10th story, you're still saying so far so good, but an onlooker bill, what would he say when he say everything seems to be fine or because of the violation of certain basic scientific laws, could you project a very bad ending for that person who leaped off the hundred foot, hundred story building? Yeah. And, and it's, it's pretty obvious that you can predict. Yeah. I mean, you're not being a prophet. No. But you're predicting. You're just recognizing now, reality. Now, it's possible that somebody could move a, like a mattress, you know, like, 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 let's say you have a mattress mover that just happens to be, you know, passing by where the guy's coming down. Okay. Well, or, it ended or better a, than we expected it or to. Or a Hollywood stunt crew that yeah. has the airbag. Yeah, yeah exactly. Fully, fully yeah. deployed. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, you know, granted, you know, there, there are exceptions to the rule. But when somebody is violating the basic laws that God has laid out for economics or uh, for scientific laws relating to gravity, you can predict what's going to happen when somebody tries to, in some way, counter those laws. Well, American stocks are the overvalued. The NASDAQ stock index hit an all-time high at the end of the year, 16826 Now, it's significant, Bill, is right during the 2009 recession, it was at 1204 Now. 1204 up to 16826. Ask yourself for just a moment. Are we doing 14 times better as an economy <laughs> as we were in 2009? I, I mean, I, I I'm just I making this see easy. It. I, I, I just I, can't see that yeah. that's the case. I, am I living 14 times better than I was uh, 14 years ago? I, I just. It just doesn't look that way. No. I got a new sweater. 
for Christmas. Okay. Yeah, I saw yeah, I, that. I had holes yeah. in the old one. Remember that? The, the old one had the holes, one had holes in, in, in the my elbows. Wife had, yeah, my wife had patched the elbows and they yep. still had holes. Yep. And so finally she broke down and got me a second sweater. So now I'm doing a little bit better than I was last year, Bill, because I have a new sweater. You have a new sweater. But Bill, we're not doing 14 times better than we were in 2009. You don't have 14 different sweaters. No, I don't. No. <laughs> okay. So Dow Jones Industrial Average, five-fold increase since 2009. The NASDAQ 14 times better. Meanwhile, almost every other stock market in the world hasn't come close to these valuations. Okay, meanwhile, while we are just living high off the hog, America's economy is doing 14 times better than it was in 2009. Listen to this. The Chinese Shanghai composite is still where it was in 2009. Okay, they're, they're, still, they're still at a 1.0. We're at 14 times what, 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 what we, we, we were, we were what, uh, 14 years ago. Uh, also, Japan's Nikkei is leveled off where the index stood in 1989. So they haven't improved since 1989. The UK FTSC index is up about 50% since 2009. That's nothing compared to what we've done. We're 1,400%. Hey, yeah. you know, what's wrong with them? Spain's IBEX index is still where it was sitting in 2009. Canada's index is up 40%. But the American industry is doing 20 to 100 times better than England, China, and Japan. I don't think so. Uh, I, Can we say just not after that? N- yeah. Uh, not? Yeah. Well, U.S. economist Harry Dent told Fox Business, uh, and this was a big story. It was on the front page of yeah. Fox News and on Fox Business for, I'm going to say, a couple of days. Since 2009, this economist says, this has been a 100% artificial economy just artificial it's all fake so how long does he say this is going to last well he says to be exact we're in a dangerous state 2024 is going to be the biggest single crash year we've seen in our lifetime so that's what he said Hmm. he forecasts an 86 percent crash in the s&p a 92 percent crash in the nasdaq and a 96 percent crash for crypto and significant de- deflation for housing prices. He says, don't, don't bother with a $500,000 price tag right now. Wait a year and pick it up for $220,000. That's what he's saying. Now, Now he's not a prophet. No. He's, nor the son of one. No. But he's, he's probably looking at this guy falling off of a 100-story building and saying, I think he's going to crash and burn. Yeah. All right. So we're going to come back and try to explain some of this to you in just a moment, friends. It's such a facade. It's such a fake economy. It's such a fake nation. It's just all faked. That next on Generation. Hello, my friends. For the last 15 years, the Generations team has produced a Christian curriculum specifically for families who want to give their children a God-centered, Bible-saturated, biblical worldview-based education. Our commitment is to restore the Christian faith, generational faith in an age where we are losing faith in this country and almost anywhere around the world where Christian children attend secular schools or use secular curriculum and imbibe secular culture. Now, we're not relying on the pre-Christian Greeks for an educational model here. We're not relying on the post-Christian secularists for the education model either. Our curriculum is based in a biblical worldview. We put hundreds of Bible verses in the history books and integrate the truths into the subjects. We want to glorify God on every page of the science books. We immediately integrate knowledge into life application and natural revelation with special revelation. We keep Christ at the very center of the history books with preparing the world for Jesus, 
and taking the world for Jesus, I believe God is calling this generation in this highly secularized age to a radical change in how they disciple their children. Please check out our program for education of your children and grandchildren at www.generations.org. And we're back on Generations. This is Kevin Swanson, Bill Jack from Worldview Academy with me. And Bill, here's the issue. Trying to explain why the American stock market has improved 14-fold since 2009, while everybody else has slouched. The rest of the world hasn't done anything. What gives? Okay, so I want to make this as simple as I can. And this is what I try to do. In my book, How the World Runs, and your part in it, a very basic economics course for 14-year-old kids. And we have a wonderful study guide that goes with it. Okay, now here's the issue. America has increased its total debt, public and private, not just federal government, but every part of American debt, has increased since 2000 from $28 trillion to $100 trillion in the most amazing debt orgy this nation has ever experienced. Now, just let that sink in for a moment, Bill. $28 trillion to $100 trillion of debt in the last 23 years, since 2000. Meanwhile, okay, the stock market has increased in value from $10 trillion to $48 trillion. That is, you're looking at the value of all the stock in all of the American stock market has increased from $10 trillion to $46 trillion. That's a 360% increase. While the real GDP, you say, well, some of that's contributing to GDP, right? We're, we're doing really well. You know, I've got 14 sweaters. No, I don't have 14 sweaters. I still have a slightly better sweater than I had last year. Okay, the American real GDP adjusted for inflation has only increased 61%. So there was a six-fold exaggerated effect that was experienced by the stock market. The stock market pretended like it was worth 450% more than it was in 2009. But indeed, all they really contributed to GDP was a lousy 61%. Okay. Meanwhile, the real estate market has increased its value from 14 trillion to 43 trillion. Okay. While the stock market went from 10 trillion to 46 trillion, all of the properties in America, all the real estate in America went from 14 trillion to 43 trillion. Now, add that together. I think a 14-year-old can understand this. Okay. I'm just going to make it very simple, okay? We borrowed $72 trillion from money, much of which was created out of thin air, and we increased our pretended value of ourselves by $65 trillion in real estate and stocks. You follow me? I borrowed $72 trillion and increased my pretended value of my real estate and my stocks by $65 trillion at the same time. Now, we're $72 trillion in debt, and we think that we're $65 trillion richer. Now, Bill, let's say this. I'm going to make this very simple for a 14-year-old and for Bill Jack right now, okay? okay. Bill, I'm worth $10. I run out and I borrow $100,000. Bill, how much am I worth? Um, $10. Yeah, exactly. See, I told you it was simple. <laughs> Did you get that? Let me say that one more time. I'm worth 10 bucks. I go out and borrow $100,000. How much am I worth? You're still worth 10 bucks. Exactly. 
I'm also in debt $100,000 You're to in debt $100,000. So, so Americans borrowed money to buy stock to just, all they did was up the stock value artificially. Same thing with real estate. So now we owe $72 trillion extra dollars. And we did in the year 2000, we, we owe $8 trillion to other countries. The federal government owes social security about 3 trillion. We've all, we already spent all that, by the way, it's all spent. We spent all the trillion, all, all the social security money is already spent. So just, so everybody knows it's all already spent. We owe $9 trillion to quantitative easing. So what's the lesson to learn here? Let me just draw a lesson out of this. Very simple. In aggregate, you can't get rich by just adding more debt. Debt is a stimulus, but more stimulus to a drug addict who's already lying almost dead in a ditch doesn't really help him that much. See, debt can be a stimulus to increase employment. You can hire more people, et cetera, but it's not working anymore. No. You can't, you can't give this drug addict any more drugs. He's already sitting there shaking in a ditch. Giving him more drugs doesn't help him anymore. Are you with me? There's a point at which <laughs> yeah. you don't give the drug addict more debt or more drugs. You really aren't worth more just because you're getting into more debt. You're worth more if you work more and produce more. Now that's simple economics. Do you think a 14 year old can understand that? You're not worth more if you just go into more debt. You're worth more if you produce more and you work more. And get this. That's not happening in America today. And we're not seeing any increase since 2009. So much of our world is just a pretense, guys. It's a gigantic house of cards. Now, when I say a gigantic house of cards, what do I mean? I mean, it's huge. Yeah, it's just it took, made up. It, it, but, but a little wind, what happens? A little destabilizing wind to the house of cards. And what happens to the house of cards? It crumbles. Exactly. There's no foundation. There's no substance to the, to the framework. And that's what's happening to America. We appear that we have character, but we don't. We appear that we're religious, but we're not. We appear that we have wonderful charitable people. Democrats, they're the most wonderful charitable people in the world. Yeah. They spend other people's money. They appear to they're have the extreme appearance compassion. compassion, extreme compassion, Bill. Except for the fact that they spend other people's money. And they kill hundreds of millions of children and engage in the worst possible sexual perversions. We appear that we're rich, but we're not. Now, what does this mean, Bill? I think the first thing we've got to do is be honest. The facades and the masks need to come down. We need to recognize what we are and who we are. We need to get out of debt right away and acknowledge what we have is all a gift of God anyway and, and not live beyond our means. Revelation chapter three, this is the verse that came to my mind. It's the message from Jesus to the church at Laodicea. The Laodicea was the lukewarm church. Okay. Now this is the message to the American church. This is the message to American evangelicals. This is the message to America as a nation. These things say the amen, the faithful and the true witness, the beginning of the creation of God. Here's what he says. This is what Jesus says. I know your works that you are neither hot nor cold. I would wish you were cold or hot. So then because you are lukewarm, neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. And here's the point. Because you say, this is what makes them lukewarm. Because you say, I am rich, 
have become wealthy and have no need of anything, and do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich and white garments that you may be clothed and so forth and be zealous and repent. Well, I guess that's what I would say. First and foremost, Americans need to realize they become the most hypocritical nation on planet Earth, politically, economically, religiously. It's hypocrisy, Bill. It's just hypocrisy. It's not truthful. They're not being truthful to themselves or to anybody else. Reminds me of Proverbs 12.10. Whoever is righteous has regard for the life of his beast. Okay. I understand that. You know, a farmer takes care of his, his animals. Okay. It's his livelihood. So I understand that part. But the second part of that is a puzzle. It appears to be a puzzle. It goes on to say, but the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Yeah. The compassion of the wicked is cruelty, another translation says. Even when they want to be compassionate, they end up, as you've pointed out, being wicked and cruel. In the name of compassion for unwed mothers, we encourage them to kill their babies. In the name of compassion for those who are suffering from drug addiction, addictions, we give them safe needles. Government does. In the name of compassion for those suffering from sexually transmitted diseases, we try to find ways to have safer sex Mm -hmm. rather than abstinence. So the mercy of the wicked is cruel. Even when they want to be merciful and they want to do good, they end up doing what is unrighteous and cruel things. And that's why it's only those who are called by God to have faith in Jesus Christ, can end up doing what is good. Because even our, even our good deeds are, are, are tainted at, at best and self-centered at worst. So we need to recall that the mercy of the wicked is cruelty, and we need to be hot for Jesus. And here's a transliteration from Proverbs 13.11, applying this to the area of economics, coming back to economics. Proverbs 13.11 says, wealth from get-rich-quick schemes quickly disappears, but wealth from hard work grows over time. Mm. Okay, again, the wisdom of Scripture against the fraudulent, hypocritical, nothing-burger economy of the United States. Also, remember, the debtor is slave to the lender. And Americans have become just a bunch of slaves. Let me end with this. Money does not equal real riches either. Money has a purpose, but it doesn't equate to real riches, substantial riches, riches that will retain value into eternity. What's obvious, Bill, is you can die a miserable billionaire and only four people show up at your funeral and they're all lawyers <laughs> arguing over your money. You follow yeah, me? Yeah, they're the vultures that are gathered to the yeah. carrion. Now, was that a life well lived? Mm. I don't think so. Jesus said, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of the things he possesses. And lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So as we wrap this up, friends, let me just say this. Be rich towards God this year. Be rich in love towards others. Be rich in relationships. Be rich in joy of the Holy Spirit. Be rich in 
handing out your money to others who need it. Be rich in seeking the kingdom of God and his righteousness. Be rich. Be rich. Be rich in the gospel and discipling others for Jesus. Well, that wraps up this edition of Generations. Encourage you to our book, How the World Runs and Your Part in It. Great for 14-year-olds, and I'd say for the whole family. If you want to, to know what's going on with quantitative easing and how do we make our way from macroeconomy to microeconomy? What, what do we do? Our economy is so bad, but how do we build our own family economies? How do we get out of debt? How do we stay out of debt? How, how do you buy your first house without a mortgage? How would you work uh, as Joseph did in the marketplace with the same sort of attitude? What's the right perspective towards wealth? And how do we convey that to our children? All of it is contained in that little book, How the World Runs in Your Part In. Actually, it's not so much a little book, but it's a course we put together for 14-year-olds. Also includes a study guide. All of that available at generations.org. Again, How the World Runs in Your Part In It available at generations.org. This is Kevin Swanson inviting you back again next time as we continue to lay down a vision for the next generation.